Welcome to Life Church. We are an ex 242 community, a family on a mission to bring the life of Jesus to Warrington. We hope you're ready to hear what God has to say to you today through His Word and by His Spirit. So, today is uh, well, we've been doing the What Three Words series. If you don't know what What Three Words is, it's an app application, website, it's something. And basically, it divides the world into three by three meter squares. And it'll assign it three random words, and that's how you can find places for emergency services and stuff like that. Um, but we are looking at three words that describe our faith specifically. And I would say I've loved this series, but we've only done one week of it so far. So it's a bit, it seems a bit early to be like, oh, I love this series, it's the best. Uh, but it has been really good so far. We've done Count the Cost. If you haven't like, listened to it already, it's on the podcast. Uh, but this week, we are doing Guard the Heart. Guard the heart. Guard your heart. My apologies. And uh, usually I would go into all the context and the stories behind the verses. But this week, I'm just going to go straight into it, if that's okay with you. I'm just going to dive in. So, the verses we're looking at today are from Proverbs chapter 4, verses 20 to 27. My son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Keep your mouth free of perversity. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Do not turn to the right or the left. Keep your foot from evil. And in particular, we are focusing on that verse 23. Above all else, guard your heart everything you do flows from it. In particular for this, uh, for guard your heart, we're going to look at three aspects of the heart. And for the first one, we're looking at the priority of your heart, why it needs protection, the priority it has. Because the heart is a vital organ, physically and spiritually. And even in those verses, it says that for their life, sorry, um, for their life to those who find them and health to one's whole body, it is a vital organ, it is vital for us. And it is vital because your heart includes your thoughts, your feelings. It is the seat of your will. So a broken or an unhealthy heart is bad for your life just as much as a healthy heart is good for your life. And the best way I can kind of describe that is with Pirates of the Caribbean, funnily enough. Uh, because in that movie, uh, Jack Spar- well, Captain Jack Sparrow has a compass. And basically he gets mocked for it because compasses are supposed to point north but his doesn't. They call it broken. And you find out in later movies that it's not broken, but it points towards what his heart desires. And in the same way, our heart kind of points us towards where our our desires are, where our life will go. And it's especially seen in that verse 23, for for everything you do flows from it. But then you look at other like versions, other translations, amplified version says, watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. And the New Living Translation says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. It is a very, very vital part of us. And when Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with your soul and with all your mind, the heart comes first. Love your Lord your God with all your heart. It is the most important. As I said before, it determines the course of your life. How much more important can it get? And when life is so busy, we need to prioritize things. Things need to come first. And it's especially interesting because this chapter was Proverbs, 
And when you look at Proverbs and it gives you instructions, it doesn't tell you to keep it, well, it might do in some later versions, but I found that a lot of the time it says to keep it within your heart, to write the instructions on your heart, not your mind, because that's where our will comes from. And like it says another Proverbs verses, and you can all look them up, a happy and cheerful heart will bring life, but one that's wicked will set traps for itself, or one that has anxiety is crushed. A wise and discerning heart gives gracious words and instructions. Our heart determines what we say and what we do, and for that reason, it is very important that we protect it. And it's also important because the God prioritizes our heart as well. Like in Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 9, it says, You who are young, be happy while you're young, and let your heart give you joy in the days of your youth. Follow the ways of your heart and whatever your eyes see, but know that for all these things, God will bring you into judgment. And then 1 Samuel 16, verse 7, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. He looks at our heart. He sees past empty actions or fake words. He looks at what our heart is doing. And for that reason, because it's our priority for our life, where our life goes, and it's what God judges us from, it is then important for us to protect our heart. And that leads on to the second aspect, the protection of your heart. As this proverb shouts, guard your heart. But how do we protect our thoughts, our feelings, our, like, our very being almost? As the psalmist said, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. How do we hide the word of God in our hearts? And we protect our heart by empowering it with the right things, with the right influences, and not allowing our heart to listen to the wrong influences. As Philippians 4 verse 8 says, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. By doing that, you can protect your heart. And when I say protect your heart, it's easy to confuse that with hardening your heart, with isolating your heart, which is not what the verses are talking about. And in fact, when it says, like, focus your mind on good, the Bible repeatedly says to do this with all your heart. And in doing that, and another aspect of that, as well as bringing in good, is to remove evil from that. When faced with temptation and evil desires, we need to protect ourselves against that. And when we say protect, we always, I always think of anyway, it might be a very macho, manly thing to do, but I always think of like standing firm, strong, like facing it with the shield. But when it comes to stuff like that, our best protection is to flee, quite simply. Like when Potiphar's wife was seducing Joseph, his response was to flee. It wasn't to have conflict with it. And things can, like, they can draw our heart away. In 1 Kings 11 verse 4, it says that as Solomon grew old, his wives turned his heart after other gods, and his heart was not fully devoted to the Lord his God as the heart of David his father had been. I mean, that situation may not be that relatable, that multiple wives are drawing us away from God, but you can understand that there are multiple things, multiple influences that can draw us away from what God has for us. As 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22 says, flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Right there is it, it's all summed up. Flee evil desires and pursue the right things. Have your heart push you towards the right things that God has called you to do. And as 1 Samuel chapter 7, verse 3 says, if you are returning to the Lord with all your hearts, then rid yourselves of the foreign gods. We need to remove the distractions of our life that keep us away from God. And when we say, because we said earlier, it's the, our heart is a priority, right? 
And by having a priority, that means some things need to be sacrificed. Some things need to be removed in order to prioritize. I remember when I had my essays due, some things had to be put to the side. Like a game I'd been waiting for years had just come out and I had to wait a few days because I knew as soon as I started it, that's going to become my priority, whether I like it or not. And like sleep no longer became a priority because I had a thing due. I had to debate in my mind whether I go to sleep or I spend a couple more hours on an essay because that was the priority, was to get that done. Maybe sometimes those priorities weren't the right priorities to take, but hey, I got through it. <laughs> and in doing so, whatever causes us to stumble, whatever corrupts our heart or distracts us, we need to remove it. And I found a very extreme example of this in Matthew chapter 5, verse 28 to 30. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. Seems extreme. A little extreme. I don't like the idea of cutting off my right hand. But these are the lengths we need to go to, right? This, it's that important to us. As a priority, some things need to be taken away. And it is meant to be an extreme. Please don't start amputating because something's doing evil. Okay, that's not what I'm preaching. And then the third aspect of our heart, the produce of our heart, what that produces from us. From a good crop produces a good harvest, and a good heart produces good deeds. The Bible often points us towards the paradox of good deeds being produced from a bad heart. So, for example, Luke chapter 6, verse 43 to 45, no good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from a thorn bushes or grapes from briars. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And I especially like that last bit, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. If you want an indication of where your heart is, think about what you speak, what words you use. Are they life-giving? Are they kind of like mean, sarcastic even? Like if you want an indication of where your heart is, your words are a good use of that. And this is particularly something I've struggled with, with music especially. I should probably specify. So uh, I really love music. If you saw me up there, you'd see my head banging and like, you know, getting lost in it a little bit. I do love music. And it has such an influence over me that I've had to stop listening to explicit music. Because once I did, it would just become a part of my vocabulary as well, right? Like, when you listen to happy music, you become, you become more cheerful, don't you? Or like, when you're sad and you listen to sad music, it's like pouring gasoline on the fire, right? It has such an influence over us. And because of that, I've had to stop playing explicit music. It's just not, it's not good for me. And you recognize that. Because even when you speak foul language, you kind of become a little more like, aggressive as well, don't you? Yeah. It, like, even the words you speak it has an influence over you as well. Like that verse says about the tongue is like a sting of poison. It's a deadly sting and like a spark and it creates a fire. Like our words can have an impact on ourselves but also the people around us. Yeah. And so I've banned it. And it's not been easy. There have been songs I've listened to, and it's like one, one explicit word in it, and it's so annoying. Like, there are so many gorilla songs I love, and I can't listen to them because they have one explicit song, like, word in it. And I remember there was one song that I really enjoyed, and, like, it was great throughout the whole thing. And then it, the last word, the last few seconds was an F word. 
the last little bit. Oh, it was so flipping annoying. But these are the sacrifices we take, right? It's not an easy thing to do. But by doing that, it produces a good heart and from a good heart produces good deeds. As James chapter 3, verse 3 to 12 says, With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. As I said, it's a paradox for good things to come from a bad heart. And it's a paradox for bad things to come from a good heart also. If you see that as an indication, then it might be worth checking where, where your heart is. And checking where your heart is, that could take, it could be quite painful actually where your heart is. And to do that, I reckon that's a bit of meditation a little bit and a bit of prayer. And to ask God, where do I need guarding? What is it in particular? Because like I said, mine was music. But for someone else, maybe it doesn't have that kind of influence over them. Maybe they're fine listening to explicit music. Some people drink alcohol and it's completely fine for them. Some people can't. For everyone, it's kind of different. So it's whether, it's what, it's guard your heart, not guard the heart, right? It's what you need to do to guard your heart specifically. And that's between you and God. And I'm not going to go any further onto that. That is something you need to work on, I need to work on, everyone in this room needs to work on. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. That was Matthew chapter 12, verse 34. And this is especially true for Christians, right? Romans 10, verse 9. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And those are powerful, powerful words to speak. Yeah, so. (laughs) Um, When we guard your heart, that is the main message of the thing, isn't it? And... As well as what our mouth speaks, think about what actions you take, how you use your time, because that's also how you prioritize, isn't it? Because we only have so much time in a day, how do you use it? And this has been something I've been thinking about because I've finished uni, I'm all done, and suddenly I have all of this free time, right? And you need to prioritize it because otherwise I'm going to spend it playing the game I was mentioning earlier. Like, I remember I sat down one morning, I was like, right, I'm going to make a timetable and I'm going to, like the nerd I am, I enjoyed the spreadsheet. I'm going to write down, what's the priority? What do I need to do? And it was like, right, Bible prayer comes first. And then I've got chores needs to happen as well. This and this and this. And our time is only so limited, right? What is our priority? Is something you should be asking. What is our priority? I realized how short I've made this. <laughs> so... Um, on Proverbs chapter 12, verse 18 to 19, I will kind of finish on these words. The words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue lasts only a moment. Really think about what your words have an impact on, on who you say them to. Truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue lasts only a moment. And it can be so tempting to be a lying tongue, can't it? No, but that's not the heart we're supposed to have. So, kind of the takeaway from this is, what is your heart bursting with? What, what is the produce of your heart? And by showing what produces from your heart, it kind of shows the heart you have. 
So is it a good heart? Is it a bad heart? That's really between you and God. Yeah, I think I'm going to end it there because otherwise I'm just going to keep going. <laughs> so actually, I'm going to end on these verses because that sometimes we get so full up with vocabulary and like fake actions that we don't really think about where our heart is in those actions. And 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1 to 3, kind of puts that into perspective of even though your actions might be good, it's where your heart is that's most important. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship, that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. God, nurture and feed your heart. So, summarizing that, the aspects of our heart are to prioritize it. It's a priority for us, where our life goes. It's how God judges us. It's how, you know, that's where our life flows. The protection of your heart, we need to guard it, therefore, because it is a priority. By doing, by, like, taking in the good stuff and removing the bad where it can distract us. And then the produce, the indication of where our heart is and where that can be. So, Father God, I thank you for everyone here, and I thank you for uh, the word you've given us, and that the Bible is such a life-giving word that has given us words to speak that give healing, words to speak that bring peace. And God, I pray that our heart is the priority. And I pray that um, in this time, you'll look into our hearts, that you'll see where we... Where we need improvement, God, it'll never be perfect. But God, I pray that you show us where our shield needs to be higher and where we need to bring in more reinforcements, God. I pray for that. Yeah, in Jesus' name, amen. We've come to the end of this week's message. We hope you've been impacted and inspired. Keep up to date with everything that's happening by visiting our website at www.lifechurchwarranty.com.